Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. It is your host, uh, Father Peter Teresa McConnell, joined by my co-host, these wonderful summer days, Deacon Elijah Delello. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Summer days roaring along here. Roaring along. Summer days roaring along. We are we're 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 surviving the heat. Mm-hmm. We're uh, we haven't wilted. Well, depends on who you ask. We haven't wilted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're going strong, Deacon. I feel a little wilty. We're going strong. Mm. We are surviving and we're thriving. You're, uh, these are you, these are kind of your your waning days and your waning hours uh, here for your summer assignment. Yeah, it's coming to a close. It makes me very sad. Very that fast. will make me wilt more than the summer heat. Wow. Your departure from from Phoenix. That's I I don't know what to say. I I will do the best I can to maybe send you a card every now and then or something. <laughs> I feel like every time I say something nice about you, you always say, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yes, I know. Is it because you don't believe I'm actually genuinely complimenting you? No. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm in a corner now and all of our viewers are, why is Deacon so unwilling to receive anything from Father Peter Teresa? Just trying to, I'm just trying to compliment you, trying to affirm you, trying to love you. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Uh, you're very, very. I good. will work on that. I, I hope you do. I can't uh, wait until you wilt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I walked right into that one. Yes. Uh, very good. So we're continuing our series on the sacraments. <laughs> yes. And Deacon, if we somehow, by the grace of God, complete this podcast, mm. we'll have done it. Yeah, we've probably stumbled through it we most certainly have stumbled through it. <laughs> uh, hopefully we still have people to watch this segue like and subscribe oh wow dude yeah. thank you i was i always forget to ask that yes yeah hopefully sure. it's it's been fruitful for for those who've been listening yeah it's been fruitful for us certainly to, <clears throat> to kind of go over these things and to sink our teeth into the sacraments but we have arrived at the seventh and final sacrament yes, of indeedy. our reflection. Not necessarily the last in importance or the last in order, just the last one we're talking about. Yeah. And that would be the sacrament of holy orders. Mm-hmm. Um, Deacon, is the sacrament of holy orders, is that like when a saint bosses you around? Is that like he like gives you commands and orders like a holy person's like ordering you to do something is that is that what the sacrament of holy orders is if you could see how proud father peter Teresa is of <laughs> of this joke <laughs> no father that is not what the sacrament of holy oh, orders is okay well please please would you would you care to enlighten me on on what the sacrament of holy orders really truly is i will do my darndest uh so the sacrament of holy orders um, like the sacrament of matrimony is one of the sacraments, the vocational sacraments, and it is uh, for ordination to one of the three degrees, and we'll talk about that. Or um, orders. Or orders um, that, uh, you know, a man would be called to in order to, to serve the church. 
either diaconate priesthood or the episcopate. The bishop. A fun word for, for the bishop. That's yes, right. it's our word of the day. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Episcopate. Mm-hmm. And our number of the day is seven because this is the seventh sacrament. That's right. We're kind of taking a Sesame Street vibe. We are taking a Sesame Street vibe. Yeah. I just, I, I was, I mean, that's what I grew up on. So mm-hmm. we had the Muppets last time. <laughs> what is happening? I told you we were wilting. <laughs> we are wilting. Maybe you were right. Maybe you were right. Yes. And I wouldn't say that we're an Episcopate too close to someone else's face. Yeah. You can, you can kind of spray them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah, I'm glad you have a little bit of distance from me with these microphones. My glasses aren't are, are unaffected from your pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Thanks <clears throat> be to God. Well, I'm glad that the sacrament of holy orders is not a saint bossing you around. No, <laughs> because I would probably would never be able to receive it. So, but yes, because it is the sacrament of orders of the diaconate of priesthood and the episcopacy. Uh, by the by, the just unmerited completely gratuitous and just abundant mercy of God. I have received this sacrament. So praise the Lord. I cannot no, Amen, brother. I could not really thank the Lord enough for calling this wilting, wretched man to, to such a high, <laughs> uh, to a high, high calling in ministry. So, Amen. well, as always, we are beginning these reflections on where we find these sacraments in Holy Scripture. And if you have been listening along with us, you will recall that some of them are very explicitly instituted by Christ, where he tells us to go baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Some of them, you know, more implicitly instituted by Christ, like our episode last week with the uh, sacrament of, of marriage, of matrimony. This one, uh, maybe it's both explicit, implicit. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just implicit, but uh, where Christ institutes this sacrament. And we say that he institutes this sacrament on the night of Holy Thursday mm-hmm. in the upper room where he celebrates uh, the Last Supper with his apostles. And he institutes a new covenant. Uh, Mm -hmm. the covenant of his body and the covenant of his blood. So I'm just going to read from you. This is the gospel of Luke. This is the chapter 22 uh, and verse 19. If I can just find it, there it is. And he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, okay, yeah, that's all I want to say. That's all I want to read. This, so that, that, that last verse, uh, verse 20, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Mm-hmm. So here we see Jesus establishing a new covenant, uh, a new covenant uh, in blood which is his blood. Uh, And so the old covenant was ratified through uh, blood sacrifice of animals. Now this covenant is being ratified uh, through his sacrifice, uh, but not of animals in his blood. Uh, And so we know that anytime that there is 
uh, a new uh, a covenant or or a sacrifice being offered that there has to be a priest to offer the sacrifice. Yep, that's right. And so when Christ is telling his apostles to do this, uh, to offer the, 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 the bread and to offer the wine, that this then is the, the, the sacrifice of the new covenant, and they are now priests of the new covenant. Yeah. yeah and it shows the, the intimate connection between the Eucharist and the priesthood. Yes. Um, that, that again, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to, you know, we don't have the experience of some of the, the, the first century Mm -hmm. Jewish people who really had an understanding of sacrifice where they're going to the temple, where they're watching, you know, blood just pouring out of the temple on, on the Passover and so they really had a sense of the sacrifice, but it was all in preparation for Jesus on the cross, but that the Eucharist is a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. The Eucharist is a sacrifice. And anywhere there's there's sacrifice, even in other religions, you know, pagan religions, anywhere right. there's a sacrifice, there's a priest. Yeah. Uh, and so um, the, the unique thing about Jesus being that he is both priest and sacrifice, yes. but then in the sacrament of holy orders that the Lord calls his apostles in the upper room to do this. As you said, Father, do this. It's a, it's a command, yes. but it's also an, an institution of the new priesthood, a priesthood which is a participation in the priesthood of, of Jesus and also mm-hmm. in his sacrifice. Then there's the, uh, we know also from, from John's gospel, his, his telling of that night is much different than Matthew, Mark's, and Luke's. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, and John gives us the the very beautiful, the very touching, and the very very important detail of of Christ washing the apostles' feet that evening. Um, yep. And so, how is this also then connected to him instituting them as priests? Yes. So, um, in John's gospel, and again, this is something you can really take a deep dive into, but John's gospel is sometimes called the the sacramental gospel. Mm -hmm. And there are seven signs or miracles that Jesus works in the first half of the gospel that correlate with the seven sacraments. And, um, there's many, you know, scholars and some of the fathers of the church, the church fathers being the the early Christians and scholars, saints like St. Augustine, uh, who see in John's gospel, chapter 13, when Jesus is in the upper room with his apostles and he begins to wash their feet, he sees this also as as a institution of the priesthood. Um, In the Old Testament, before uh, the priests were ordained, were were brought to do their priestly ministry, they they were um, brought in to have their feet washed as well. So there's this kind of correlation that Mm. carries over um, from the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus. And so, you know, what the apostles would have kind of understood as happening there is that, okay, he's, he's doing something very significant. Um, And and Jesus even says, you know, you will have, if I do not wash your feet, Peter, when Peter starts to kind of object, you will have no part in me. Um, That word is actually significant. It, it it Hmm. kind of, it points to how the the the, Le- 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 the Levitical priests <laughs> had a portion or a part in God. You know, like when we see the 
the uh, the 12 tribes who yeah. are given different parts of the land that the Levites part because they were a priestly people, their portion was God himself. Yeah. And so just as the, the feet were washed in the Old Testament and then these men were made priests here in the upper room, the, the apostles' feet are being washed and they're being giving a specific and special portion or part in Christ. No, I love that. And I love that connection you draw to the Levitical priesthood, you know, um, and and Levi being one of the the 12 tribes, uh, but he does not receive a, a part of the Holy Land mm-hmm. that is promised to, to the sons of, you know, the descendants of Abraham and that, you know, his portion, like you said, is, is, is God, is mm-hmm. the Lord himself. And so we see a, a, a beautiful way that, that, the the priests of the new covenant also have that same experience as the priests of the old covenant, especially in the Western church, the Latin church, where where celibacy is a requirement mm-hmm. for priests of 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 the the Roman Catholic, the Western Latin church, and and in this we see that they have no other portion but the lord mm-hmm. that they are the, that 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 the lord is their only portion they don't have any part of of the land you know they're so, sort of somewhat separated from the the material needs you know what i mean and, and all they have is is the lord and he's their 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 spouse and and so that's and you also just kind of see then that very very close connection between the priesthood and the eucharist again there yeah yeah so that is where we see Christ instituting this sacrament. Uh, and now the, our, our reflection has also then taken us into the sign of the sacrament, uh, then uh, the abiding grace of the sacrament, and, and then uh, or the, the abiding effect of the sacrament, mm-hmm. and, then, and then the grace of the sacrament. So <clears throat> we want to talk about now the sign. And we kind of break this up into the the matter and the form of the sacrament. And so, uh, Deacon, what is the the what are the matter and the form, the the sign of the sacrament of holy orders? Yeah. So, uh, similar to you know something like marriage or even penance, where there's not you know something like water and baptism or some type yeah. of material thing that's being poured or oil that's being smudged. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, it's more of an action that that occurs. And so the matter that is the you know the essential matter, the thing that actually confers the sacrament uh, along with the form, uh, would be the laying on of hands yeah. uh, by the bishop. Pretty cool. And yeah. then the form is made up of uh, what? The form now. Um, the form will be the words that the the bishop will speak, um, but the form will be different for the three different degrees mm. of holy orders. So there's a different uh, form. There's a, a formula of words. A different prayer that is prayed over the man who is being ordained to diaconate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a different one for the priest and then there's a different one for the bishop. Uh, and the reason for this is because um, within holy orders, there's, there's different degrees. Yeah. And so they actually, if you, if you read some of the older, you know, descriptions of the sacrament, sometimes they just call it holy order. 
mm. instead of orders. Sure. Um, because when they were speaking about it, it's not that it's three separate sacraments, but it's it's three degrees that increase um, each time it's received. Uh, because while the diaconate is a reception of uh, the grace to live out as you know Christ the servant, um, the top kind of dog there, the, the bishop, yeah. it's, it's the fullness of the priesthood. Yeah. So the bishop has the fullness of the priesthood of Christ. Um, so just again, kind of going back to some of the Old Testament uh, and how things functioned then, um, that in the Old Testament priesthood, there was, and there was a lot of development in this too, but at least during the time of the temple, there's the high priest right. who was able to do certain things that the other priests aren't able to do. And then there's the priests themselves or the, the Kohenim in, in Hebrew. And then there's the Levites. And so it's the, the high priests are like the bishops. Mm-hmm. Uh, the priests themselves are like the priests that, that we have now. Yeah. And then the Levites are like the deacons. Yeah. They're the ones that kind of take care of, you know, the temple and take care of things yeah. without actually offering sacrifice or doing some of those yeah. things. You know some Hebrew. A little bit of Hebrew. That was impressive. Yeah. You're not wilting. Uh, You're doing great. Let me tell you what. A little bit of Hebrew does the wilting so well. Amen, brother. Amen <laughs> to that. So just to, so the 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 matter uh, is the laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. And the form is the word spoken. Yeah. And I just think the... It's a it's such a beautiful sort of communication of of the sacrament, um, you know, this laying on of hands. Uh, it's a very very powerful symbol. It's a very very powerful gesture. Mm-hmm. You know, just as you know, water is appropriate for for baptism, and oil is appropriate for confirmation, and bread and wine are appropriate for the Eucharistic sacrifice that. This laying on of hands is is appropriate for the sacrament of holy orders, where where it does then communicate something being transmitted, something being passed down, something being passed through, something being communicated. Yeah. Um, and we see this so often in the Old Testament, whether it is a patriarch giving a blessing or one of the prophets, um, you know, handing on their ministry. Um, and it might not be through the laying out of hands, but but what is but we're seeing then the just the the preservation of the ministry being handed on to to someone else and being continued. Yeah. And so the ministry of Jesus, be uh, as as priest in particular here, being handed on, being communicated, being transmitted from from generation to generation to generation, so that at all times and all peoples and all places uh, can then participate in the Eucharistic sacrifice, the Eucharistic banquet. Yeah. 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 And I think that um, this is just the Lord's provision, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, it shows how much, and even as you were saying kind of tongue in cheek in the beginning, father, you know, like that you, you feel, you know, just the unworthiness of receiving Not tongue that. Not tongue-in-cheek. That was completely, <laughs> that is. <laughs> well, from this side of the microphone, I, I think you're a very good priest, Father. Oh, so that's it's very it's, kind. Thank you. But just all that to say that, like, it doesn't depend on the person. Amen. You know, it doesn't yeah, depend no, it on doesn't. the man. That's right. Uh, but that is the Lord's provision, mm-hmm. you know, that he does call men and that he does give them that grace and power 
to then make uh, it possible for everyone to receive his body, blood, soul, and divinity yeah. who who believes in him and yeah. who receives that that sacrament and receive confession and mm-hmm. and, and, and and confirmation and, and and all these other sacraments. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. I've gotten to I've gotten to perform. I think I've performed every sacrament except ordaining someone. Hmm. Well, I obviously didn't. I, I witnessed a marriage. I didn't get married. Yeah. So yeah, um, <laughs> it's probably an important caveat. <laughs> yeah, all right. I've gotten to. Well, you were you were yeah. I mean, performing the sacrament. Yeah, in I was. That I was witnessing. I was. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but I wasn't the minister. You weren't involved in receiving yeah, yeah. that sacrament. No, I haven't married anyone. Thanks. thanks Except for God. the Lord. That's right. That's right. The Lord's my portion. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because I, usually only a bishop can confirm, yes. but in, in unique, special circumstances. And so I've gotten I've had the, the privilege of confirming. So I've baptized, I've confirmed, I've said mass, I've done, uh, you know, sacrament of penance, I've, I've anointed the sick. Mm-hmm. Um I've witnessed marriages. I just haven't. I haven't ordained anyone. And you know what? I'm okay if I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm the bishop. I don't need to be a bishop. Just I can yeah. just be a priest on Gila River for the rest of my life. Woohoo! Let's go. And uh, that'll be that'll be good enough for me. Oh, I know. Anyways, Anyways, about me. The uh, so that's the that's the sign of mm-hmm. the sacrament. That's the matter and the form. Yeah. The, the laying on of hands of a bishop onto a a a, a deacon presumably mm-hmm. you kind of have to be a deacon first and then a priest yep um, I do just want to say um, that the form so again that the form because it is d- different for each mm-hmm. of the three degrees that within the form what is spoken so again remember that the form is kind of giving the meaning yes. of what is happening in the sacrament. Uh, and in a sense, it's explaining the matter. It's, mm-hmm. it's telling what's happening there. So when a deacon is ordained, the form or the prayer that is prayed over him has to do with the ministry that he's going to carry out yeah. in the way in which he's being conformed to Christ, the servant. When the priest is ordained, that formula is different and it's talking about how the priest is being conformed to Christ the priest, mm-hmm. but also specifically in his holiness. And then for the bishop, you know, one of the, the bishop's main um, duties is that of governance. Yeah. You know, the, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, the, the greatest participation in the leadership and the headship of Christ yeah. Uh, so governance, and then from there, you know, flows teaching and whatnot. But so if you go to an ordination mm-hmm. and you are, you know, privileged to hear those, those prayers, you can pay attention and you can hear, you know, again, that the form is explaining yeah. what grace through that sacrament that that man is receiving according to which degree of Amen. orders he's receiving. Amen. Uh, speaking of graces, uh, we want to now talk about, um, there's an there's an abiding, residing effect that all of the sacraments communicate to those who receive it, uh, and so what then is the abiding effect of the sacrament of holy orders? Yeah. So sacrament the sacrament of holy orders is one of the uh, sacraments that 
gives a character. Yes. And so just as we spoke about how baptism and confirmation give a character, um, which is a seal, an indelible mark, an invisible spiritual mark uh, that remains, uh, whether you are in a state of grace or not, that it's it's always going to be there. Um, But that this character acts in a way where um, it's the, it's the, something that the Holy Spirit works through in order to accomplish whatever that sacrament is meant to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for holy orders, the priest receives a character, the deacon receives a character, the bishop receives a character, uh, and it's actually three different characters yeah. um, because it's, again, it's three different degrees. Again, it's, I think the easiest way to think about this is, um, I think it's St. Thomas Aquinas talks about, you know, like a king who would have the fullness of the rule of the kingdom. Yeah. But then he can delegate someone under him to have a participation in that authority. And people would have to, you know, agree with what he's doing or whatever. And he'd be able to do those things. And so there's kind of a different degrees of that. But when the deacon receives the character um, that he is, he is conformed to Christ, the servant. And then that character would help the deacon to receive those graces yeah. to carry out that specific service as right. a deacon. The priest is conformed uh, to Christ. The, he's in persona Christi. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's then giving that, given that power to you know, perform the sacraments and to uh, grow in holiness and, and to be conformed to Christ and to lead his people by example. And then also the bishop would receive the character um, that conforms him fully, most fully to, to Christ. Uh, and he's in, in persona Christi capitis, Christ the head. Um, so it's Hebrew and Latin. It's just, you're you're a scholar. I'm just reading. I'm just reading what was in the book. (laughs) I'm not, I don't believe you. (laughs) It's all in the book, father. It's all in the book. Amen. So this abiding character, this abiding effect, uh, how long does it remain? How long does it abide in the soul of the man who receives it? Yeah. So again, for a character, it remains indefinitely. So once you have it, you can't get rid of it. Um, what about when you die? It's still there, Father. It's still there when you're dead. So when you're in Ooh. heaven, when you're in heaven, everyone will know you're a priest. Amen. Or if you're in hell... Everyone will yeah. know that you were a priest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so terrible. So yes, yes. Yes. So God forbid, but, um, no, please God forbid that. Yes. But the, uh, and when I said you are father, I was not talking about you, by the way. <laughs> it really felt like it. it really felt like it. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you. I just meant that uh, you in a way that English can't mm. quite grasp. Okay. The difference between the plural and the singular gotcha. you. So there's, I understand. Yeah. Like use. Use guys. Use guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> use guys with the character. But so the character doesn't go, but um, it doesn't go anywhere. But with the other mm-hmm. sacraments, you know, if it's not a, a seal sacrament or a, a sacrament that imparts character, then you would talk about, you know, the abiding effect. Yeah. yeah not remaining because of, of sin or because it, you know, did what it was supposed to do, like with, uh, the sacrament of anointing of the sick. Yeah. And just a little refresher, the, those, the sacraments that do that, that give a character, give a seal are baptism 
confirmation and holy orders. Yes. So every other of the abiding effects, those um, no longer abide when, uh, you know, if you can go listen to the other podcast to learn when they stop abiding. <laughs> yes. <You have> to, <laughs> it's different for all of them. So, <clears throat> so that is the uh, abiding effect. And, and uh, yeah, great. So let's just then move on to the last part of our reflection, which is then the the graces that are given, yeah. the sacramental graces that are communicated to the individuals who receive this sacrament. So um, again, they're, they're different, a little different for each. Um, so I'll hit on the the, the diaconate and the, the the bishop real quick because mm-hmm. I think the one the priest the priestly one is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the diaconate, it's again so they they're conformed to Christ the servant, so they receive the graces necessary to carry out the ministry of service. Yeah. And this would be to the bishop, to the priests, but then also to the people that they're helping the they're helping the bishop <clears throat> to perform those works of charity. To the yep. faithful and to others. Just real quickly on that, since since the graces given are, are unique to that particular ministry, yeah. you have now been serving in that ministry yes, for I have. three, yes. four months now. Mm-hmm. And have you experienced those graces in your life? Maybe, maybe just put like a finer point on it. Like, as you're giving a homily or you're preparing for a homily, do you feel like the grace of that ministry, you know, like... You feel yourself maybe saying things that you weren't anticipating saying or or you're preparing and you're like, oh, I've never made that connection or or maybe not. Maybe. But I'm just curious, like, how have you experienced maybe the grace of the diaconate that is just unique to that particular ministry? Yeah, <clears throat> I think uh, no, definitely when I'm preaching, I definitely feel a grace mm-hmm. there because um, sometimes just not sure if you're saying the right things or if you're preparing the right things. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's, it's the Lord might just give you maybe that thing to say, you know, yeah. but also I think the way that I recognize that grace is um, like, I get energy. Mm. Like there's like an energy to do the things that I have yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, even when there, it seems like there's a lot. Yeah. Um, so I just, I do feel very sustained by the grace of the diaconate in That's order beautiful. to carry that yeah. out. For Thank sure. You. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. And then with the, with the Bishop, because the Bishop is, um, he shares in that, in the office of, you know, leading and, and guiding and shepherding, um, that he is called to, to have that governance over the church, you know, to be able to have the wisdom to know how to govern mm-hmm. a diocese and, you know, to know what to do for his people, but also teaching. Yeah which is really important, very important, you know, uh, handing on the deposit of faith, which yes. is something that the apostles were, were given to do. Yes. Um, but then for a priesthood. So of course, you know, the priest also will, it kind of builds on itself. So the priest will also have, you know, the, the character and the graces from the diaconate, mm-hmm. like those will be there. They will build upon himself. So he'll also be doing those works of charity and, and then serving the Bishop. But then, um, <clears throat> A particular grace to grow in holiness, but then also a particular grace for fatherhood, Mm -hmm. for spiritual fatherhood. So to be able to relate to his people with a fatherly heart, um, which I just think is really beautiful. That's really beautiful. You know, and, and I think in a, in a very real way that that, you know, grows with the bishop 
because a father also has to lead and, and govern. Yeah. And, yeah. but I, I think that that initial grace of priesthood to, you know, be a father, mm -hmm. a spiritual father. And I'm sure any parents out there listening, you know, that you also receive graces through your yeah, marriage, right. you know, to be parents, yeah. um, that we, we too, who aspire to, uh, you know, follow yeah. Jesus in, in holy orders that, that we receive that grace to take care of our spiritual children, so to speak, you know, it's, take care of the Lord's Amen. flock. Yes. No, that's, uh, I mean, that's why the priest is called father. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, yeah. That he is <clears throat> really given to, you know, the, the things that, a a, a biological father, uh, or just, a you know, and the, the father provides, you mm -hmm. know, a home and shelter and, uh, protection and, and food on the table and things like that. And, and so in a spiritual sense, that's what a priest is to do as well, that, you know, the parish is to be a home, you know, yeah. and that there's, you know, food on the table, spiritual food, you know, the, the, the sacrifice that, that, that we participate in and to, to, to then provide the, the sacrament of the blessed sacrament so that people can be spiritually fed. Um, but then not just on the Eucharist, but also then to be spiritually fed on God's word, mm -hmm. you know, that a father teaches their children, the things that they know, you know, and, and then, uh, and then to protect and, you know, and from spiritual dangers, you know, whether that's actually praying for people who are experiencing spiritual, you know, assault, or whether that's through, you know, walking people and helping them experience spiritual freedom in the sacrament of confession. Um, but, and then also then just kind of the, there are just so many different philosophies out there right now that yeah. are dangerous and harmful to, to one's mind, to one's intellect and to one's soul. And so then to, to teach and to preach, to, to keep people safe from, from believing false things. Yeah. Uh, and so we see the, the, the priest is, to do all this and then and then so much more as well. Amen. 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 Well, Deacon, uh it's been a joy and a pleasure to do this with you. Well, thank you. We I don't know how many we we, we did the series. Yeah. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing it with you. You're 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 here. You're here, your knowledge, <laughs> you know, I appreciate this. So this has been a lot, of, a lot of fun. Yes. And so, uh, a question to end this episode, um, mm -hmm. as you are, you know, on the fast track to priesthood now, you, you've been ordained to the diaconate in a few short months. They will be short months. I promise you, you'll be down here before you know it. I sure hope uh, so, you'll be father. Ordained priest. And so... Is there uh is there someone who you maybe in your in your youth when you were just a youth in yes. Jersey? Yeah. Or maybe, you know, in, in college or even just in, in, in your time in seminary and formation that um has been an inspiration or an example or a model of of what someone who is called to this life uh is to look like. To the priestly life? Yes. I think we've done this question before. Well, I don't remember. <laughs> um, no, I, I, there definitely is. Uh, 
So one of the the first priests who really had a big impact on me was Father Bill Halbing. Yeah. From back in New Jersey. And so he was just a, a fire breathing preacher. Wow. Yeah, he breathed literal fire sometimes. Uh no, but he was he just he just loved Jesus. Yeah. He loved being a priest. He loved studying the word. He loved evangelizing. Mm. He loved um he loved prayer, you know. He was just really excited about being a priest. Mm-hmm. So it was just a, a very impactful thing for me to see, you know, because you don't always see that, unfortunately. Right. And it was one of the first things that kind of made the priesthood a possibility for mm-hmm. me was actually seeing somebody living a priesthood yeah. and and actually like being like, This is awesome. I love being yeah. a priest, you know, yeah, I love yeah. Jesus. So he was a, a huge uh Definitely a huge influence for me in my vocation. Beautiful. Excellent. What about you, Father? Dang it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) No, no. We're not going anywhere. (laughs) You got to answer. For sure. Uh, I mean, certainly... Certainly, you know, I was inspired as a a young boy. But I I think I want to answer this in in the present moment as someone who's been a priest going into his fifth year of priesthood at this, at this point and, uh, and trying to remain young in my priesthood, you know, trying Mm. to, and, and always kind of like looking for, 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 for models. And and I think just for me, uh, Bishop Olmsted's been just a real model of, of just, just the endurance of fidelity, you know, that he has been a priest and a bishop for 50 years now. And he's just still faithful. He's so joyful. And and I think as as someone who's young in their priesthood, kind of looking at that and just saying, okay, like that is, that's a model, you know, and and, and, and someone who's done it, who has run the, run the race well. And so I will have to say Bishop Olmstead for myself. (laughs) That's great. Amen. Amen. It's a good pick. Yeah. I thought we should probably have a more genuine question instead of last week's, you know, I don't even remember. <laughs> okay, good, good. Something about the Muppets. Uh, that's right. You, you do remember. Okay. Yeah. But uh, Deacon, if you would please be so kind as to close us in prayer. Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for the great sacrament of holy orders. We thank you for all of the priests, deacons, and bishops that you have provided for us, Lord, that we might receive your sacraments, that we might be made holy. We pray in a special way for all of the priests, bishops, and deacons, Lord, who are ministering today for grace and sustenance, for perseverance, that they may truly be conformed to Christ. We also pray for anybody who is discerning a call uh, to holy orders, Lord, that they would respond generously, that you could continue to build up your church through the means of the many men who you call to be your ministers. We entrust all of this to you through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.